Hi everyone, it's Brian Nelson, the site manager of Coming Home Newcastle, with a message for all of our listeners out there that we are looking for contributors for the website. Match day, match review, transfers, injuries, you name it. We may have a spot for you here. So send us an email at chmradionufc at gmail.com. Be sure to let us know what you think you can do for the club with a sample piece of writing, and let us know why you love Newcastle United so much. Also, while you're at it, send us a five-star like on iTunes, give us some feedback on Google Play, And give us a comment in the comment section on our website. Let us know how we're doing here at the podcast at CHM Radio. We'd love to hear from you. And enjoy this episode with Greg and Elijah on CHM Radio. Radio for those of you that don't know what CHN stands for. I'm your host, Craig Troxel. This is episode 11, and we are previewing Manchester United. I am with the best co host in the land, in the game, Elijah Newsom. How you doing? I'm chilling. Everything is great in sunny Tallahassee, Florida. Oh, yeah. We're coming at you live. Live. Yeah. It's at uh, the time. 100% chance the weather in Atlanta and Tallahassee is better than the weather in Newcastle. Oh, yeah. But we have a game to preview, so it's going to get dark and gloomy anyway. So oh, oh, <laughs> um, nice. we're going we're gonna to talk about the Manchester United match. Obviously, if you were living under a rock, we have some club news to talk about as well. A lot of things happened during this week. Um, this is why we're bringing you two episodes, because if we would have done – the review and the preview like we were doing before, we wouldn't have been able to touch this stuff. So you're welcome. Again, uh, follow us at Coming Home NUFC on Twitter, Coming Home Newcastle on Facebook, and go to our website, comminghomenewcastle.com. If you've also been living under a bigger rock, probably what should be the biggest news story in all of football is the uh, rape accusations against Ronaldo. Um, that's going on right now. And actually, Elijah, you wrote a nice article about that. Great job there. And it's on our website. So give that a read. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I'm just, my whole thoughts on it are in the article. You'll see there is plenty of facts in there, um, that you can look at, read, read for your own, make your own judgment, but don't pass judgment before reading every, all the available information. There's a lot of people that just like, I guess because they're Ronaldo fans or because they don't want to read, have already formed opinions and have been attacking um, the victim in this situation. And it's just, it's not cool. Like, it's cool to have an opinion, but, you know, and it's cool to have an opinion that's formed on, like, you know, fact and reading the full situation, analyzing everything, but it's not cool to have an opinion just based on your ungodly obsession with an individual 
and then to go out and attack someone who has already taken a lot of heat for coming out in the first place. So that's it on that. Read the story because you should be informed. Yeah, for sure. Go to our website, check that out. Create an account and you can comment on us. We'll interact with you. You can create your own fan post. You can even respond to it via fan post. Do whatever you want with that. That's the beauty of our site. Um, we will get into club news now. Uh, first thing I'll do is we'll, we'll do the least important to most important is I'll talk a little about the U team because the U23s made some, uh, made some changes and made, I guess, we're a little bit of the, the talk of the town a little bit this week for Newcastle. Uh, first, they hired Neil Redfern. Um, if you don't remember him, he, he was a manager at Leeds for a little bit. Played for 24 years, I think it was, 24, 25 um, he managed a few women's teams as well. Most recently, I think it was, uh, Oh my gosh, I'm going to forget the names, but I wrote it in the article, which you can find on our website also, but it's, it's a cool thing to have for the U 23s just simply because you have somebody with has played in the top flight for well over 20 seasons. Um, and, and instilling that knowledge into our youth system, it's only going to be a positive and he has managerial experience on top of that. So he'll be working, uh, with Ben Dawson in the backroom staff there. But the U teams, the U23 team specifically, played Fulham in a Premier League 2 match. They're in Division 2. There's only two divisions. So they're in the lowest division. But they beat Fulham 5-2. to two. And Elias Sorison is some name that I want to bring up because he was on the U18s. He's 19 now. But he was brought up when Luke Sharman went on loan to Accrington Stanley. Luke Sharman hasn't played yet. He hasn't even appeared in the 18 for Accrington Stanley in League 1. But Elias Sorison has come in, and he is – putting in goals balls in the back of the net for a line source. And he scores when he wants, he has, I, I think it's six goals already, but he had a hat trick against Fulham. Impressive. Um, for a 19 year old, he's a Danish international and has absolutely took over from being in way better competition. It still looks like he's playing against U18 sides. Cause he was doing the same thing at that level. And also Akraf Lazar is back. You, I'm sure most of you will know that name. Some people are saying, Put them both into the first team. Let's hold on that. They they beat Fulham 5-2 in the lowest division in the Premier League 2, and then they beat uh, a Notts County youth team today in the Premier League Club. Excuse me, Premier League Cup 2-1. to one. So let's, let's get a few more results out of them before we just immediately say they're first team quality. But it's definitely promising to see. So that's the two things that I wanted to bring up on, on the U23 side. Now we had some even bigger news during the week. First is a Magpie Group meeting that we had. Elijah, walk us through a little bit uh, what you learned from that. Um, well, our, our very own Graham Bell was in attendance. He's been at all of the, the Magpie, I guess, forums. Um, and it seems to be based on Twitter reaction and based on just what he said. Um, first and foremost, there were two MPs there, um, Chi being the main one that everyone was um, – extremely excited about um ian Mearns was was there as well um but like the, they were there for just figuring out more information build a case against mike ashley that seems to be kind of their role obviously but uh, the biggest news to come out of the magpie group the stuff everyone's talking about is there 11 uh i guess there are 11 ideas for how to protest against mike ashley and so greg i'm gonna read some of them out and um I just this is what we're gonna do, Greg. I'm gonna read them out, and then I just want you to respond with just your immediate like okay. two three words. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. I'm in. I'm ready. All right. 
Uh, mass march to the match, followed by a five-minute protest in the Milburn atrium area. Perfect. All right. Um, stickers all over town. Great. Okay. That's a little generous. I think that's whatever. Okay. Political pressure expanded. Politics and sports don't mix. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I don't really know. Like, I don't know what more people can that's, do. Like, they've it's it's like once you've I, notified I say, your MPs, then I feel like there's not much else you can do except for just show up to Parliament and be like, "Hey, look at this," you know? Yeah. Um, I would say like when you're following that that one like sports journalist and he says something about politics and you look at his mentions and it like 30 people responded and said, stick to sports. That's, yeah. that's how, that's what I am on this. Oh, stick to sports. Hashtag stick to sports. Yeah. Or, uh, if Rafa goes, we go the magpie group. Um, next is a boycott of a game. Uh, uh, that's all I'll say. Yeah. It's ambitious. It's hard. Like, uh, Yeah. Okay. Um, protests inside the stadium, including like walk-ins, walk-outs, sit-ins, or some sort of visual display. Much better. Okay. Um, boycott after January. So continue protests outside the stadium with banners inside for the meantime. So I guess they're just going to boycott once the January window. Yeah, assuming um, what we think will happen in January happens, then that's inevitable, I'd assume. Maybe. We don't know. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, fundraise to ensure st- sustainability and expand. I don't know if that's really an idea to protest, but they had people rank that. So I think they're just going to start asking for money soon. Uh, unrealistic. Yeah, it's just like you're, you're just going to start asking people to donate and people are like, what are we paying for? And you'll have to come up with reasons why. Um, throwing protest objects on a pitch for, for a specified game. Classless. Yeah, that's bad. That's not a good look at all. Um, protesting at away games. Go go ahead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm all in. Like, sure. It's you've done that. This is an interesting one. Um, cover up all sports direct advertising in the ground during a televised match. It wouldn't last. It's very unlikely. It's not going to last until like before kickoff. And how are you going to get the sports direct on the roof? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just all like. <laughs> Like you're just gonna kind of look dumb <laughs> that one. It's just like like I can imagine some guys coming with his black tarp and but one you got he comes up to security and they're like what is that and he's like oh no it's just a it's just a sign and they'll see that it's like a tarp or something and take it away or he miraculously gets through he co- he tries to cover things up like 45 minutes before kickoff and immediately just someone takes it down and kicks him out like that's what's going to happen with that. And then, of course, last but not least, protest nationwide at Sports Direct. And I'm, su- I'm assuming this is like Sports Direct locations all over the country. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not attainable considering how many of them there are, but sure. And also, I think that as – as I guess, how do I phrase this without sounding like a terrible person? There's a lot of – like a terrible person. Okay, like the majority of the UK has much bigger issues to worry about than Mike Ashley and probably the majority of them could care less about Mike Ashley. So what you're going to end up doing is pissing up, pissing off a lot of people who are just there to buy uh, cleats for their kid. And they see a bunch of 40 year old men yelling with signs saying Ashley out. They probably don't even know that Mike Ashley owns sports direct 
they'll just be mad and upset and confused that there's people blocking their way into the store. That's what I think about that last one. But um, my full ratings will come out tomorrow, probably. Oh, okay. I like that. You'll see a a complete analysis of how good or bad these ideas could possibly be. Yeah, all right. Well, so during this meeting, and I would call it a productive meeting, anywhere you can get a group of fans together and kind of unison on against something – it's beneficial, I think, if, if it's all for the right reasons, which I do believe this is. Um, and go if you're, if you're not familiar with the Magpie group, go follow them on Twitter. It's part of the If Rapa go, Goes, We Go movement. So definitely check them out. I think they're doing all the right things and what's needed. Uh, just Even if it's just raising awareness, it's doing its job. Um, but during that, Mike Ashley was in Newcastle and a rare appearance in Newcastle. Again, oh, yeah. again having dinner at not the classiest place in the world. Um, I mean, it's, it's decent, um, but yeah. you would expect better. And I mean, I'll, I'll say this, the man. entire squad and Rafa, Elijah, yeah. you go. The, uh, here's the thing about that. The, actually, the venue changed. It was supposed to be somewhere else, which I don't know if that place is classier. But the oh, venue, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I just read that today. Um, venue was changed uh, due to not having enough space. So is a last-minute switcheroo ordeal. Okay. All right. Well, tell us what happened. Okay. Um, so they uh, – well, the, the food didn't change. They still had Italian. Um, it's unsure of whether uh, Mike Ashley bought everyone's individual meals or if he got, like, a bunch of – or if it was, like, family style and he got, like, you know, a few pizzas and, you know, a, like a giant bowls of pasta. It, that, that part's not really that relevant, but I kind of want to know, but no one really has that intel. But um, there's like a few couple key points that kind of came out of this. And um, if you want to read anything more in depth, we've got an article up on the site about it. Um, but it seems as if uh, the whole purpose of it was to get kind of everyone on the same page and let the players and Rafa – um, know that Mike Ashley is still here. Uh, he still exists. And really, he's not going anywhere for at least the short term. Um, so I guess the first thing is that Ashley claimed that he's going to be a more involved owner. Uh, he said that he admitted a mistake, Greg. He said that he's made some mistakes in the past and he's now committed to being more involved with the team. And to him, this means that he's going to be showing up to games, coming to training. You know, things that, as we've pointed out on the podcast, things that normal owners in other leagues around the world and in the Premier League do. So thoughts on, on, thoughts on that, Greg? Do you think Mike Ashley's really going to change that much of what, of what he's going to do? Or is, this, or is he actually going to try to show up to games and such? I think this is a time for Newcastle United fans and supporters all over the world to rejoice. It's time to get happy. Okay. The habitual liar that is Michael Ashley said for the first time that he's not going to sell the club, which means which means this club's getting sold, y'all. Party that's, music. That's true. That's, that's, <laughs> it's gone. It's, it's gone. gone. Yeah. He's and selling this team. That's yeah, that's the next thing on the agenda was he said that I'm that he's not selling the club at like during this year which that's up for interpretation. 
Um, but like Greg said, Mike Ashley is a liar. Um, and so this could mean that he's actually secretly working on a deal right now and the club's going to get sold in December. And, right look, time and, for even, and even if, you know, I am saying that a bit sarcastically, but also you don't have proof to say that I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> that even if, if he is showing up and if he is making a concerned effort to improve things, then that's good because we obviously don't want to go through another relegation, but how far are you willing to bring it? Because yeah. Are you trying to just not be relegated? Cause that sounds like the goal. I, um, here's the thing. This is, and this is something I think is happening. One, this is just a confident, like not a confidence check, but a reassurance to the players because the whole purpose of him saying that the club's not going to be sold. It's the, he said, don't be distracted about rumors of the club being sold. I'm not selling it. Basically saying like, don't like he, I, it's very, I guess you could say it's narcissistic. I think he believes that the player performance has been, <laughs> it's like kind of stupid to say out loud, but I, it seems like he thinks the player performance was affected by the fact that the club's been rumored to be sold. Like that's the reason the team is bad is because the players are so focused on all the swirling rumors of the club being sold that they can't like play soccer. That's, that's Mike Ashley's logic. And so if that's his logic and he could be used, just saying this to ease the, the minds of people, but he's talking the talk as if like he even says he's going to support Rafa in January because he knows that he needs to support Rafa in January for Rafa to stay. And he said Rafa is the key to this club being successful. So, I mean, I think that it's all a farce in the sense of like, I think Mike Ash is going to be at games. Yes, he can hold that, that, that part of the deal up. But I think that he's just saying that the club's not being sold um, this year just to say that. Because he even made a dig at like people like trying to buy the club, saying that people were giving him, were lowballing him and, and giving him offers that were a bit ridiculous and all that kind of stuff. But it's just like, Mike, shut up and sell the club. And I think that's what everyone wants. I think that's what's actually going to happen. I think the club's going to get sold probably in February or March. That's my, that's my, my bold prediction. Yeah. Um, I would love that. <laughs> um, now uh, we'll just move on a little bit further. So when Mike left the dinner, which yeah. there are smiles, um, just he, by the way, just wonderful blazer. I can't get over the fact that, <laughs> like, I when I first saw the picture of him, like in the restaurant, you couldn't see the blazer. But now there's some. If you haven't seen this blazer, please check it out. Um, it is a nice blazer that he's wearing. It's like a nice checkered blue blazer. Very nice. I kind of want one. It, it's, uh, it's I'm getting sick. I'm getting sick just thinking, just listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and also, get, let's give a shout out to the fans who went with Ashley Out banners. I thought that was actually hilarious. Yeah, that was just people um, from the Magpie yeah. group meeting. Just re- they were like, "Well, we ended early." That was amazing. Might as I well. Love <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, so I guess so. Ashley gets in the van that he that he was being driven in, and there was I think it was a fan that was taking a video, and it looks like Mike Ashley was resting his head on his hand and subsequently making the V sign, which for those Americans that don't know what that is, it's essentially giving somebody the finger. Um, in England, and I don't want to really want to get into it. I, I think it's a stretch. I, I obviously you see the V, but he's probably just resting his head on his hand. He completely denies it, though. Uh, Mike Ashley, he had a statement come out. I'll just uh, 
read that statement a little bit. It wasn't that long, but so Mike Ashley said, or the statement that was released said, Newcastle owner Mike Ashley would like to put the record straight in relation to press reporting of events following a dinner that he attended yesterday evening with Rafa Benitez and the players. Mike Ashley said, and this is in quotes, I did not make a V sign to anyone to suggest otherwise is both inaccurate and irresponsible. The matter is in the hands of our legal team and they will be contacting relevant newspaper editors in due course. It is usually disappointing given the reason why we set up the meeting that certain elements of the media are trying to undermine the club by creating a story out of nothing. Now that's the full quote. So I told you I wasn't going to read it, but I did. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things to unpack and I don't think it is worth it to unpack it all. Um, yeah. It's funny that he says the media are trying to undermine the club when he's Clearly. the biggest hand and yeah. relegating us twice. Um, I thought that's funny, but I kind of do believe that there wasn't a V sign. I, I think that's a stretch. Sorry if anybody feels very strongly against that. Sorry but, to Craig Hope's uh, wallet. Cause yeah. he, He's the one who tweeted it, and so it said appears to give two-fingered V sign to fans. Yeah, give it away, and it's like oof. Yeah, that was that's a that's a stretch for me. Um, but I'd like to see what comes of it. You know, I want to see pictures of him at the training ground. Let's like put your money where your mouth is. Let's go. Like I wonder. Like I also want to know what Mike Ashley would wear to the training ground because I feel like if you're going out to the training ground like you shouldn't be wearing the same thing you wear to matches, which he always, like I've never seen him not wearing that like huge white button down. It's like, but like unbuttoned to like the third or fourth button and, and like a blazer. Has, and who has collars that big? Why is <laughs> collar so big? Michael Angelo does. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only guy. Oh, that, that was a joke that, for the American sports fans, but that, that's who does. It's Colangelo and him. Yeah, Brian Colangelo. Look up Brian yeah. Colangelo on on Google. He was I'm a fan of the Philadelphia 76ers. He was our current or was our former was a GM of our team until he created burner accounts and got called yeah. for it. He has he the biggest colors I've ever they, seen. And they now the same PR firm too. Anybody Thanks. who works in IT find Mike Ashley's burner accounts, please. Oh gosh. Uh, but yeah, there's no need to have a collar that big. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous just have a normal collar mike what i want to see him in a sports direct like cheap track suit like you know, i wonder if he wears his own apparel like to the training ground no that's he's what gonna that's wear, i want him to be at the training ground he's Excuse gonna me. wear the white button up with the enormous collar and then he's gonna wear those awful jeans in that picture that uh <laughs> they got of him with his black dress shoes and that's what he's gonna wear to the training <laughs> ground <laughs> he's like why why are my shoes so dirty what just look like an out-of-place clown that's what it looks like. All right, what's up next? All right, let's get into the match. We have Manchester United this Saturday. It's a late game in England, a late game in America. Everyone in America will be able to be up for this. 9.30 a.m. for the West Coasters, 12.30 p.m. for the East Coasters. We should be able to do this, America. Let's represent proudly. Um, Nice. But it's a a later later game. It's a night game in England. Uh, It's at the Theater of Dreams at Old Trafford. Um, so Manchester United, it's been pretty big in the news, Elijah. The recent form has not been good at, to, for, for Manchester like, We would love this form, but yeah. for them, they, they're not happy. Uh, so they have, in their seven matches, three wins, one draw, three losses. Not for the, for the players on that roster, oh my gosh, we're about to preview this. I mean, like, 
just going over these the, the roster that they have, like how is that possible? Their, their entire bench, their reserves would be starting. Yeah, I mean, like, that is – they have such a talented roster, and to have that form is concerning. It's It definitely is. You get, The only thing that I could say as an excuse is, is chemistry or there's there's some internal happenings that are causing them not to – not to do well. So, I mean, I, I don't know. That's, that's just what I'm thinking of. So, over the week, so Newcastle, another advantage here is Manchester United is not in great form. But they also had uh, an encounter during the week. They played Valencia. Lined up in a 4-3-3. Got nothing out of it. Yep. So, that was interesting. You expected – I think Manchester United is better than Valencia. I think Valencia is a good Spanish squad, but not as good as Manchester United. But you had Alexis Sanchez, Marcus Ratch. Rashford supporting Lukaku in a 4-3-3 and couldn't score a goal. That's, yeah, that's concerning to me. And and if you watch the match, Pogba, who's a defensive midfielder, he was pressing forward like way higher than I usually see him press. Uh, so they were really going for it, and they got nothing out of it. So it's just something that I think we can really take advantage of this week tactically because they're desperate, and desperate teams can also get punished. Um, there's, there's a bad side about playing desperate teams, but there's a really good side too, because they're prone to mistakes. And this is, this is definitely could be an opportunity, but, uh, especially when for, like, we'll get into, you can argue yes, Newcastle, what do you expect from Newcastle. So we're going to have some injuries. Yeah. Lejeune with his knee, Rondon's out with his thigh and Fernandez and Dummett are back. So Elijah, take us into your mindset of what you're seeing on the Newcastle side. How, how do we line up? Who do you expect to see in the starting lineup? That's maybe different from usual, maybe not. What, what are you saying? Um, hmm, let's see. Uh, I think it's good. Yes. You there? Yes. Oh, go ahead. Okay. All right. Um, I think the usual – I think it actually will roll out with the same formation we've rolled out with the past couple of times. Four in the back, um, Fernandez and Clark, Dummett and Yedlin with Diame and Shelby with Perez, and then um, – Jeez, Hosselu, I guess. Um, I will say this. Uh, Perez will play only in the first half, and then Muta will play the entire second half. Okay. Like, we're almost we're almost to Muto starting. We, but... we said 30 minutes this week. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yes. I'm just saying, I'm just saying <laughs> that I think that, I don't know, there's just something about it in my, my soul that's like, I think Muto is going to play 45 minutes of, of football this week. Yeah. Um, and I, and you know why this will be why, because we'll be up to nil. Wow. All right. I'm just grasping for straws. Okay. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Um, so you think, well, what are you seeing from the back line? Um, Yedlin, Fernandez, LaSalle's, Dummett. Uh, okay, so you think Fernandez over Cher again, over Clark. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that just when you're given the option of playing two center backs, it's going to be Fernandez and LaSalle's, because, especially against teams that are on paper supposed to be really good, um, simply because they're the ones that Rafa trusts at the moment. Yeah, so and nobody can scary. say they're playing bad either. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and like we, we talk about this all the time. It's a good problem to have where you just every week you're like, I mean, why don't we start this guy? He's probably good, but I mean, you also don't want to sit this guy because he's playing really well. So it, it's it's good. I think it kind of 
I think the only other time we've kind of been in the same situation was in the championship where there was like some legitimate competition for center backs in the beginning of the season. Um, and, but other than that, like it was just, you had your kind of your mainstays, but, but yeah, I think that it's going to be the same, same squad. That backline's really good. Um, and there's been some people who, some people who haven't watched the games, like you said, who've criticized the, the back line um, just based on the fact that they've given up a fair bit of goals. But the reason why we're in the place we're in is because compared to everyone else around us, our goal differential is much better and we haven't scored many goals at all. So yeah, um, it's, so it's, and you have to consider who we've played. So I think our defense, our defenses could be fine. Um, it's still that attack that we're worried about. And uh, it should be interesting to see who we go out, out wide with. I have no idea. I mean, yeah, I feel what like do you think? I, I think Richie's got to start. <laughs> Richie's got to start, but I mean. Yeah. Like, I mean, I would like to see Kennedy there. I just don't, please don't play him at left back. And with Dummett there, he won't, but I, I, I just start your best lineup. Just do it. Find your best lineup and start them. Um, it's going to be interesting also how we line up. You've mm. seen us line back in a lineup against Man City and some of the bigger sides with a three-back system, which ended up being a five-back. Now, the Metro actually reported earlier today that they heard that Mourinho is contemplating playing a 3-4-3 against Newcastle, which is very interesting because that's a very forward attacking formation. And they're going to see this as a must-win because of their results. Both squads are. But if they play with that, so I'm thinking with Manchester United, you're going to see Sanchez, Rashford, and Lukaku again in that top three. And then you could understand seeing Herrera, Scott Matomane, like kind of going further back while Matich and Chris Smalling and maybe see Eric Bailey, like maybe Matchett plays alongside Smalling and Bailey, or you could have like like having Matchett or Juan Mata in there. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like they're tr- they're going to try to free up Pogba in the midfield and attack with the with the top three. So like it like you could see Fred, you could see Pogba. You could see Juan Mata. You could see you'll see Lukaku, Sanchez, and Rashford up top. It's just going to be stacked lineup. Um, so I, I actually wouldn't be surprised seeing Rafa go with a three, four, one, two thing. Um, I don't buy it. I don't. You don't buy it. I nope. I could see it. But the issue is you're not going to have three at the back, which would be five. We all know it would be five against that top three. Or you wouldn't want four at the back against that top three. I know our back line's great, but the, their top three is deadly. Well, at least used to be. Yeah. I would say Alexi Sanchez is having probably the worst season of his career, which everyone thought was a different season, but it turns out it's this season. Yeah. And if so. – if, if LaSalle gets a body on Alexi Sanchez and doesn't let Sanchez burn him, we're going to get a result out of this. LaSalle is going to be key because Sanchez can burn by LaSalle. LaSalle's awareness has to be at 100, and he has to have a body on him at all times. Just make it miserable for him. And, and LaSalle is capable, but that's going to be so important, right? I mean, Sanchez is going to attack the middle of our defense, and we have our two best 
arguably our two best players this season there in that position. Do yeah, you agree? I mean, and, and I agree. I also I would also go out to say I, I wouldn't hate a five back. Um, but I do think if we went five back, it would be different than how we've played this season thus far. I think that you would see Yedlin push forward a little bit more and possibly one of the other center backs pushing forward a little bit more. And it would be more of like Yedlin at at a minimum would be pushing forward. But I would imagine that um, you'd have Clark Fernandez and uh, LaSalle's back with Dummett and Dummett would do what Dummett does and kind of just defend and yeah, the one go forward kind of freeing up Richie to make some runs inside and still, we still have some options out wide. I wouldn't be surprised if Rafa went that way, but I do think in a confidence game and a game in which, by the way, Rafa and the squad have all been on the same page and saying that they know they haven't been at their best, but they're almost to the point of like, where they think they should be in order to have a successful Premier League campaign. So take that as you want. Take it, listen to it, reword it, remix it, and see what you come up with. But at the end of the day, like, I think that if you're trying to build confidence with the team, going five in the back is kind of like the ultimate F you when you go five in the back if you're off Benitez when you don't, when it doesn't look like you're going to get a win. So yeah. I don't know. It, it should be interesting. It's one of those where if I'm Rafa, I, I would be kind of I, – I mean, Rafa's not worried, but I would be worried about, like, what formation I should play, especially when Rafa got booed for the first time um, ever last game. So uh, yeah. we'll see. Uh, just a little bit of stats for you. In the past eight matches – so this is going to 2010. Past eight matches that we've played against Manchester United at – Old Trafford. So there's only a way. Uh, we have one win that was in 2013, and then we have two draws and five losses. So not not very well, and you wouldn't expect it to go well. But the the losses aren't that great either, for the most part. There are two or three goal differences. Um, there is a entertaining three to four loss uh, during our Europa League year, but um, it's. It's going to be a, a, a challenging match for us. Elijah, do you want to lead us off with a prediction? Um, I'm going to go 3-1 Newcastle. Whoa, um, unreal. Yeah. Uh, I, I really think that, and this is a classic American sports saying, but I think Mourinho's lost the locker room completely. Um, what you don't want to have is one of your best players completely upset with you. And um, I don't know. I just think that it's hard to play consistent um, when – you've got so many guys kind of turned against you. And furthermore, I think that you're talking, you, you bring up the point of Manchester United kind of playing for desperation. And when teams with star power play for desperation, and you see this in American basketball a lot, especially with like the emergence of, I guess, big threes um, to call, if you want to call them or just basically stack teams, what tends to happen is that everyone, you got a bunch of good players. And so they all have the capability and have all been used to being the guy and wanting to take over you look at some of these guys like um sanchez he was the guy at arsenal and arsenal desperately desperately needed points to stay in the top four stay in the top six alexi sanchez played his mind out same with pogba juventus same with lukaku at everton you can go down the list and so a lot of their their key players they're used to being the guy so i think that that mentality coming to this game where this is the first time they've kind of had to um address 
some sort of controversy at Manchester United, all being stars, it's going to be interesting to see if they actually play well with each other, considering they're, they're all used to just taking over and handling things on their own. So we could see like some of the worst football for Manchester United yet because of there's going to, because of the dysfunctionality. And so if I call that, then call me Nostradamus, but I honestly think that's what's going to happen just based on, this is just like, I live in brief sports. This happens all the time. Um, and so I don't know. That's what I think. I am not optimistic on this one. I think we lose three, one. Okay. Um, I just, uh, I think if they line up a three, four, three, we won't be able to stop it. That's where I stand. I don't want to get too into that because it's depressing. So do you have anything else on this? Um, you know, I would just say that if you're a Newcastle fan, pay attention to the Twitter. We got oh. some, we got some, oh. got some, some heat coming, but that's oh, all we're going to say. That's all we're going to say. Uh, us here at coming home, Newcastle and coming home, Newcastle's number one podcast, CHN radio. We want to give the people what they want and we are giving the people what they want. You'll see tomorrow at some time yes. that's not some, announced. Some people, people wanted this and yeah. so we gave it to them. Well, we gave it to them and it's supply and demand. Just, yeah. just wait for tomorrow. Just check Twitter periodically. Maybe. Call us goodwill. Yeah. Trust or us the, or the salvation army. You're here. It's early still in the pod episode 11. We're young. We're young. Uh, but trust us. I mean, technically, this is like our 14th episode, but still. But we have like side shows. We have side, yeah. side, we get side hustles. This is the, the, the main event episode. Okay. Um, Some and, people might say we peaked too early, but they're wrong. Yeah, they're definitely wrong. You're going to have to stay on board way longer. Yeah, yeah dude. Oh, ride the train before it leaves the station. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense, actually. But yeah, yeah. we well, can use anything. I yeah. guess train, uh, train plays and automobiles, but <laughs> table. Let's, table. How's the table looking? Uh, you tell me. Yeah. It's not looking that great. Uh, well, Hey, at least we're, we're like the, the one in the relegation zone that looks the best. <laughs> yeah. So we're 18th uh, on two points, minus six goal differential. That is six and seven points back. Are six and seven goal goals better than I'm going to say that right at some point in my life than Cutters Cuttersfield <laughs> Cuttersfield and Hardiff. Mm. Um, <laughs> wow, that was bad. All right, so we're in 18th, Cardiff in 19th, Huddersfield 20th. They're significantly behind, I would say, in goal differential. Uh, top of the table, we have Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal. The usuals are in there. Watford and Bournemouth, six and seven. Manchester United are 10th. Um, and right above us, we have Fulham, Southampton, and Brighton. So cool thing is if Fulham, Fulham, Southampton, and Brighton, I don't even know who they play yet. But if they get no points and we win, we're going – I safe to say that we're going to be probably higher than at least two of them. I mean – Fulham's goal differential is minus eight and then Southampton and Brighton are minus five and we're minus six. So we're right at that cusp. Um, do you, you don't happen to know who they play? Do you? No idea, but I'll say this. Um, actually I have it. 
okay. Well, while you look that up, I'll just say this. Um, Newcastle are still very much in a position to leapfrog up the table, per se, with just a couple of good performances, especially considering our goal differential compared to, like, a lot of other teams. And that only helps us, especially when everyone has to eventually play Man City and Liverpool and Chelsea and Manchester United if they ever figure things out. So that's good for us. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, so I see we have on the seventh, Fulham plays Arsenal. So that's good. Chelsea plays Southampton. That's That's also good. Yeah. I don't see Brighton. Well, maybe they just took a week off. They yeah. just weren't feeling it. Or, uh, that or I'm blind, which possible. Mm. Um, but anyway, it's not that important. Uh, we needed. We shouldn't have to rely on other people's results, and we should handle our own business. Now to questions. We got some good questions. We'll start with Graham. Graham, our serial questionnaire. <laughs> oh, serial questionnaire. The serial questionnaire, Graham. Yeah. Graham Bell. Yeah, so he uh, has a few for us. We kind of touched them, um, but he wants to know, do you think it's time Muto starts? I think we've always thought of time Muto starts. Yeah, it's, <laughs> friends of the podcast know that it's been time for Muto to start for a while. So Yeah, and just, there's more wait. talk about it on like the Chronicle was talking about it and, and other media sources. So I think the noise is being made. I like the direction that it's going. I'll tell you what. Check my Twitter handle at NUFC underscore Greg. Did I mess that up again? I don't. Oh, I no, I got it right. Greg. That's right. Oh, I, That's right. Or is, it, or is it Greg NUFC? No, it's NUFC underscore Greg. I always overthink it. It's club over name. <laughs> oh, wow. um, And if you see a lineup where Iose Perez is not starting, just watch a happy meltdown happen on my Twitter feed. Uh, so that's what I have to say if I think it's okay. What, okay, what if it's no Iose Perez, but it's also no Muto? And what it is is Javi Manquillo playing the number 10. Yeah, let's see if it works. <laughs> Try anything <laughs> at this point. He'll win the ball in the midfield, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you, um, you say that it was you're saying club over the over name, though. Yeah, so you're naming your your son. Newcastle United FC instead of Greg Jr. Yeah, it would be like uh, his full name would probably be Newcastle United Football Club Alan Shearer Troxel. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, like and that. then but they'd call him at school. They'd call him like Gaza or something, just just for short. Yeah, yeah, Not for short. Yeah, yeah, Janola. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> Uh, Graham's next question says, Mike Ashley says he won't sell the club this season. So we should, so should we start preparing ourselves for La? Wow, man, I can't talk. Mike Ashley says he won't sell the club this season. So should we start preparing ourselves for Rafa leaving? Or do you think Mike Ashley will actually do his job as owner and invest in the team in January? I think he will do his job as owner, invest in the team in January, because we've seen this before um, when he gets really scared about things. He does fold. Um, he got scared we were going to get relegated. I mean, spoiler alert, we did, and then he invested in January to the best of his ability, I guess. Or, I mean, granted, he, like, he could have put in more money. We just don't know because the manager and scouting board at the time just weren't great. But I, I genuinely think that if it comes down to it this January, the 
I think Rafa is going to get more players than we think that he that that he would have gotten. If that yeah, let, let me let me put it. I think we're saying the same thing here. There's two things that's going to happen. Mike Ashley desperately needs us to stay up for money reasons, so he's going to give everything that he that Rafa wants in order to make that happen. Maybe not everything, but a lot. But like sixty percent. If not, then Rafa leaves. Yeah, I think it's that. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and you can talk about selling the club, and if he's not going to sell, the 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 thing is that the and this is very common knowledge at this point is that Rafa is not going to sign an extension until after January, and Mike Ashley is not that dumb. And and it was and to be fair, there was a lot of people, including myself who did think maybe Ashley was like that dumb to not realize how important Rafa is to the club. But it does seem like he does understand that and he desperately needs to hold on to Rafa, not only because um, Rafa will keep him up in competitive Premier League, but also Rafa is the most valuable thing about the club right now. So I do think that Mike Ashley is going to try to do what he can to get Rafa to sign on long term. And if the terms in that contract say that he's going to try to sell the club, um, which I, I think that's the reason why I think Mike Ashley's still trying to sell the club. I think that Rafa has been asking for, uh, guarantees on, on transfer spending. And I think Mike Ashley is not going to commit to that when he doesn't really have a plan on having the club in the future in the first place. So I don't know. I think at the end of January, Rafa is going to be here with a long-term deal in place. And Mike Ashley's probably going to be starting to listen to bidders, um, in that February, March timeframe. So we'll yeah. see. Um, how low how low do you think the players' confidence is against Leicester? It looked as though as if they were scared to go forward at times. Um, I'll just say here, I it's dependent. Confidence is obviously low. We have two points through a possible twenty-one. But the depending on how the dinner went last night, it could be better. Yeah. Um, and then playing. I mean, going to Old Trafford is always going going to be an intimidating atmosphere. So that could really do damage to confidence, but against a team with this form, it might, might see something there. What do you think? I, I mean, I think, I think that um, the, I think what people have to pay attention to sometimes is like just the, the players response to the press. You look at um, what Manchester United players per se are saying about the status of their club. Many of them not even commenting versus when you talk to Newcastle players, they've all been pretty open. They all kind of know the situation they're in. But they all still believe that they're one of the better clubs in the Premier League and one of the best coach clubs. And they all are all in agreement in saying that they're almost to the level where they want to be. They're just not there yet. So I don't think that they're that low on confidence. I do think that, to agree with Graham's point, that Leicester was a bit odd. But I don't know if that was a tactical thing or if that was just a – maybe they were low on confidence then. But I do think, like you're saying, Greg, after that dinner – just given some of the comments that were made after the Leicester game, I, I still I do think that they're they'll probably be fine going into this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Um, all right. So Trevor has had a nice little throne to sit on for a little while. Okay. You know, Trevor, he's known as the official questionnaire slash inquisitor of CHN Radio. True. Now there was a challenge. It wasn't it was. directly given, but. The question shows that it was an obvious challenge at that throne. Oh, we now, made it a challenge. Yeah, and we can't say, like, Trevor's throne cannot be debunked off of one question, obviously, but you know, maybe, maybe he's starting to hear from the, from the magpies and ravens that he sent out there that an army is approaching his castle. 
this guy, I'm going to say his name, even though if it's, uh, I hope no kids are listening, but his name is Majestical Testicles. And his question is, uh, his handle is Twig and Berries. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Keeping it classic. Uh, yeah. I, I got to love, I got to love it. I mean, if you're going to stay in the lane that you want to be in, then he's doing it. All right. So it says, in a real life battle between a red colored devil and a fully matured ma- and fully matured magpies, who do you think would win? Magpies are known to be one of the smartest animal species in the world, but they'd have to take on Satan. Personally, I think it's toss up. <laughs> Personally, I think it's a toss up. Is my favorite part of that question. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. Personally, I've I've thought about this and uh, <laughs> could go either way. <laughs> Well, yeah. all right. So I, I think I have something. You know, okay. I'm. I know. A, I know a couple things. Magpies are are pretty smart, and they can understand commands pretty easily. But they also are dumb. But it could end up benefiting them. Uh, one time, I was actually I was in England for lived there for eight months. Humble brag. And <laughs> it was tough because it was the summer, and it was like sunny four days. Um, and we had, I lived in a place that had like reflector, reflector windows on and magpies kept running into it at full speed. And <laughs> I thought that the window was going to break eventually. It never did. But I think that could really hurt Satan. I don't know how like Jack Satan is or anything, but like, <laughs> I, I think like they got some force to him because it would, it would sound like a bomb is going off next door or something. Every time you hear one of those things smash against the wind, window and I was like, what the heck is that? And they're like, oh, that's the magpies. I'm like, what? So uh, just, just on that alone and, and being intelligent, I think they have, a, have an advantage. They'll get some bruises on Satan, but we just don't know enough about a fully red devil, do we? Um, I'll say this. If, if it's a real-life battle, the battle type was not specified. So if it's a dance battle, I'm going to have to give it to the red devil Whoa. because it has arms and legs. Yeah, but what if the magpies form dances in the sky? Because they are intelligent. Oh, wow. You know what, Greg? It's a toss-up. Yeah. It, <laughs> might, it might be a toss-up. <laughs> it might be a toss-up. What if it's a rap battle? If it's a rap battle, we'll have to go with the magpie because it's one of those things where, like, like if someone looks the look and you don't know what they're saying, like, it's, I think the best thing any American or any English-speaking person should do is, like, watch a music video of, like, Korean or Japanese trap music because I don't know what they're saying because I don't speak Korean or Japanese, but like, you know, they're spitting bars just by the way they like, they, they present themselves and by how fresh the music video is. I think that's the, that's the angle the magpies are going to take. They know that we don't, that we don't speak bird, but they know that if they make a good enough impression, they can probably win the the rap battle on looks alone. Wow. Magpie trap music. Oh yeah. I mean, Satan cannot compete with that. Yeah. No one wants to hear your, your Satan yeah. lyrical rap music. I have to say, you know, it's it's closer. I mean, I'm and I want this battle to be played without weapons. So Satan, you can't use your pitchfork or anything because that's that's not acceptable. It's got to be mano y mano. Um, and by mano mano, I mean a flock of magpies against you. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the exact opposite of mano y mano. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. exactly. That's, <laughs> um, but great question. Majestical testicle. All right. So from the official questionnaire slash inquisitor, 
of the Coming Home Newcastle podcast. Trevor Mooney says, who is the superior bus driver? Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bus, Chris Farley from Billy Madison, or Jose Mourinho from Manchester United? Oh, oh, <laughs> I'll say this. I'd say Miss Frizzle's the more dynamic bus driver. You know, with the Magic School Bus, you're doing a lot. And she's, she's very knowledgeable, and she's really engaging, and she really makes you feel like you're there. Jose Mourinho, he just parks the bus, which, hey, that's something that I can't do. But he also doesn't talk about it, and he acts like he didn't do it, and then he gets mad if you ask him about it. So it's like I'd rather have Miss Fraser as a bus driver personally. Yeah, you know, I, I think I'm going to have to agree. I, I hate picking the same side in this. I want to pick something different, but like I'll take it each, each one. So Chris Farley, I mean, we know he can transport the students to and from the field trip, and he Good steals job. their lunches. We know that. Yes. So, yes. okay. You, get, you know what you're getting. So there's a character issue that we have here, but okay. you seem like a good driver. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got angry a few times, but you kept control of the bus, and that's what we matters most. Mourinho, uh, it's like not – you'd expect Manchester United to be gliding a little bit smoother than you're doing it. So I think you're taking some weird roads that didn't work out for you, whatever. Miss Frizzle drives through people, drives <laughs> into atoms, yeah. like into space, and never crashes the bus. Yeah, she gets into trouble, but she always gets out of trouble. She's clearly and unequivocally the better bus driver. It's not even close. Yeah. 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 I mean, this shouldn't even be a question. Well, oh, shouldn't be a question. Are you questioning the questionnaire? I, th- I think it's a great question, but it's obvious who the answer is. Okay, that's fair. That was yeah. a good question, Trevor. <laughs> yeah. um, that was such a good question. Man, <laughs> I, yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, your boy, who shall remain unnamed, had me had me worried because we saw his question first. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Chronologically, because yeah. it was I'm guessing he was not in America, or he could have been. Well, wait, his his profile picture is an American flag, so oh uh, yeah, definitely in America. <laughs> <laughs> definitely in America. I, I was going to mention that uh, his profile is the like it's Stars it's actually more American than my profile. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I just went to his page. Am I allowed to read his bio? Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, we'll say, just if there's kids listening, please cover their ears for this. Part. Yeah, we'll just, we'll bleep it out in editing. Yeah. Uh, Greg, make sure you don't no, bleep anything I'm, out. I'm not going to, I'm not going okay. to. Okay. And then we'll edit out you saying you're not going to bleep, or we just leave it all in. All right. Uh, so Majestical Testicles, at Twig and Berries, name, his, uh, joined in, in July, so new to Twitter, so saw some a follow. Um... <laughs> His bio says, big sack, a lot of hoes like Santa. <laughs> Love it. So, uh, Love it. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, we, have a, we have a budding legend. Yeah. Budding legend on the podcast. DMT <laughs> right there. Majestical testicles. All hey, right. we'd love to hear more from him. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else on, on the match, on anything? Um, I'll say this. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Because, What's our Twitter handle? Um, at coming home in UFC. Yeah. Like we said, we're, we've got some big stuff happening. Yeah. Soon. You're going to want to tune in tomorrow. Yeah. It's uh, and Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. You're going to see. Oh, you're going to want to see. Yeah. That's all, all right. I'm going to say about Well, that. and then give us feedback. Tweet the hashtag CHN radio. Email us. 
Uh, please tell us how we're doing. CHN Radio and UFC at gmail.com. Also, if you want to contribute, please email us. Uh, the five stars, we're at 10. We really want to get more than that. Your five stars are super helpful to get us more visible. We need that. And, we, and your comments, too. If, if you, I would love it if you gave a five-star review with a topic or a guest or something that you would like to see on the podcast. That way, we can help figure out like what it is you guys want to hear from us because we can try to deliver that to you. So any feedback, hey, Greg, it'd be cool if you can find the janitor of St. James's Park. Like, fine, we're, we're going to go do it because we want to do it for you. Oh, yeah. So, hey, please, fans, please review I wanna, us. Send a note to the fans. Um, I did something bold this week on behalf of you guys. I saw Acraft Lazar was a hot topic on Twitter. So I DM'd him on Instagram to, to come on the show. <laughs> and he has not responded. He has not. Okay. All right. So, well, uh, we could have a sacrifice. That's Lazar Nation. Lazar, Lazar Nation. Nation. I love it. <laughs> all what right. We well, podcast for him? yeah, I, I'd be all about it. Uh, so subscribe, rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. We're pretty much everywhere. If you want us to be on a different platform, tell me and I'll do it. Um, other than that, this is episode 11 of the number one podcast in coming home, coming home Newcastle history. It's CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell, co-host Elijah Toonsome, Elijah Newcastle Broomsome, Elijah Newcastle coming home Newcastle soon. It's been a pleasure, and away the lads. We flew past Armstrong Factory and up to the Governor Dale. Just cannot do to the railway bridge, the bus will flow off there. The lasses lost the crinolines and the bales that hide their faces. I got two black eyes and a broken nose and gathered the blade and razors.
the head, the groom's quite moody. Coffee Johnny had a white hat on, they yelled, we stole the cuddy. There were spice dolls and monkey shows, and they had wife selling ciders. And the chef of a hackney's own devotion, and no more that's for riders. Oh, no. 